You are listening to the Dayton Daily News, The Path Forward, the podcast where we discuss the most pressing issues facing our region and seek solutions. I'm your host, Dayton Daily News reporter, Jordan Laird. Several area Republican legislators are sponsoring bills that would ban the teaching of certain, quote, divisive concepts around race. So my colleague Jeremy Kelly and I investigated how our greater Dayton K-12 schools talk about race. We sifted through a lot of curriculum documents and found that local schools largely don't require discussion of current events related to racial justice or teach history related to racial equality from the last five decades. You can read that story at daytondailynews.com path forward. In this episode, I spoke about how race is discussed in our schools with Rashonda and Mawena Ninonene, a mother and daughter from Beaver Creek. They're both African-American. Rashonda is co-program director of the Urban Teacher Academy at the University of Dayton. Mawena is a 17-year-old rising senior at Beaver Creek High School. They say schools need to be having more honest discussions about race, not fewer. Thanks for sitting down to talk with me again. Of course. So I spoke with you, Rashonda, for my story because you are a local expert on education. And I mentioned to you that I was looking for student perspectives for my story. And you suggested your daughter, Moena, who you are very proud of. I'll let you tell it. Why did you recommend your daughter? I recommended Moena because she had took the initiative with some of her friends to to speak up about the experiences they were having in school. And I was really proud that they had decided to use their voices to do that. They, she's in high school now, but there've been instances that have happened when she was in middle school. And I don't think those were, as a parent, I would try to address those with, you know, talk to teacher, talk to principals. But I think for, for them at this age to take that agency on their own is really important. And I thought they had um, a really good idea of what they want to express. They, they took that initiative and then the school listened to them. So I thought it was a good story to demonstrate the student agency um, and the response so that it was a positive response when normal times you know that could be brushed aside but they were regarded as um, having valid concerns and actionable steps are taken and i think it's important that it not just be a listening tour listening process but that actionable steps actionable steps begin to happen so moina tell me about that you told me you went to some school administrators with some classmates so first i just sent a long email to our vice principal at the high school and then he passed it along to all the other vice principals and the principal and we had a meeting with all of the board directors of the school and we basically got a group of people and we talked to the teachers and the administrators about all of the racism and discrimination that happens at beaver creek high schools and we basically told them about things students do in classrooms and how teachers can prevent that and even how teachers allow it to continue. I want to come back to what came out of that meeting and what you and your friends are working on a little later. First, what were generally some of the experiences you and your classmates told the school administrators? So I told them about how 
every single day, basically almost every single day, you can hear white kids screaming the N-words in the hallways and mimicking people's accents. If we have substitute teachers, they mimic their accents. If they like are not, they don't have an English accent, they make fun of them. They make fun of students, like Asian students for their accents or make comical Asian accents whenever they're doing math. And it's just continuous racism about trying to uh, play it off as if it's funny, but it's not. And what were the teachers and administrators' reactions to what you guys told them? So at first, this is what the, print, the principal told me because we had a meet, meeting after. At first, they were kind of off-put by what we said. They had like, they're kind of defensive. They're like, oh, well, we don't know how this is, this is all happening. So we couldn't try to stop them. But afterwards, they like had to take a step back and realize that we were still going through this and that they needed to try to do stuff. What would you both like to see happen with schools? How do you think schools should be teaching about and discussing race? I feel like the schools should stop trying to like whitewash everything, like make history, basically make it seem like it wasn't as bad as it was so that people don't grow up thinking that the world is like perfect because it's not. And then dealing with the stuff that happens in schools, I want teachers to be able to like shut it down right once it happens. Even from the beginning, like starting in middle school, make sure that doesn't happen there so it won't happen at high school levels and college levels. I agree with what she said and I think education is really important. Education on, for the students of course, but um, in terms of ensuring that the, the faculty have a bandwidth to know um, historical perspectives of others, right? I'd like to see the inclusion of much more um, diversity within the curriculum in terms of opportunities to hear from other intellectual traditions. You know, everything doesn't have to be centered in like whiteness and hegemonic practices. Children, you know, they talk about this a lot in literature, they should see themselves reflected. You know, it should just not just be windows, but it should be mirrors, you know, and the lives of others should be explored, but in that con historical context of the reality of it. So what's real about it? And it's important that they be able to teach this, but also be able to teach how do you have and engage with others who are different in a way that's respectful and recognizes the human dignity in everybody, right? There is no best group, right? And so how do you educate young, a young mind, just like you do in mathematics, you're also growing this learned society. So how do you educate us to be better citizens for, for everybody in our community? And that is with respect right and understanding so you know short term i hope that these students her and her group of friends are able to go have meaningful conversation with the teachers i hope that they those teachers then take that information and begin to be more aware of kind of the undercurrent of things that happen in the hallways and in classrooms so that as you said that those things can be addressed immediately when they happen and Rashonda, you talked with me a lot about the fact that schools have been moving away from a colorblind approach and toward culturally responsive teaching. So talk to me about culturally responsive teaching. Right. It's many of many of the things of what I just mentioned in terms of appreciating, understanding different intellectual traditions or cultural perspectives, knowing that students don't come to you with a deficit just because they may be an ELL, an English language learner, right? Or they come from a different country. Um, that doesn't mean they're at a deficit. I think we need to richly embrace the cultural heritage and identities that 
different groups offer and weave that into our professional practice. How can I take those students' interest, their culture, and make that part of the curriculum so it'll be more engaging for that student? And then the goal is still ultimately academic achievement. So how do you take what you know about that kid, what you, what they, what you know about their culture, and help them be successful academically? So I'm hoping that um, culturally responsive teaching is embraced more because what we're looking for is that equitable practices for everyone. And if you can do that, then all students have greater opportunity and access to any opportunity that will come, um, whether it's access to honors and AP classes or groups and organizations that they are able to participate in, whether it be sport or non-academic. It's just being able to give every kid a um, kind of a fair shake. Um, and, and that's what that's what culturally responsive education is asking. Do see the kid for who they are, right? So see that that is a Asian or a Latinx or an African American, uh, whatever the ethnic heritage is of that student. If there are if there are religious differences, Muslims or Jewish, whatever the difference is, not ignore that difference, but identify it, respect it, and weave it into what you're teaching them. So this debate over how race should be talked about in schools is playing out across the country and some are talking about critical race theory coming into schools. What do you want people and lawmakers to understand from your perspective as a student, Moena, and your perspective as an educator, Rashonda? You go first. <laughs> do you know what critical race theory is? It's just like teaching race theory. I don't know how to explain it. Um, there's a distinct difference between culturally responsive education and critical race theory. Critical race theory is not even being taught in schools. Um, P12 schools. However, the, the idea behind critical race theory is, is not a bad thing. The idea that we accept that there are institutional practices that privilege others and see others uh, at a deficit, that's a valid and true point, right? But I think what schools need to understand is that what we're asking for them to is to recognize the difference and see that as a a wonderful benefit and not a, not something that brings a deficit to the school environment. I think there's a lot of misguided and there's a lot of, honestly, I think, fear that's trying to be instilled into parents across the country, particularly parents who are white, when they feel like, oh, your, your child's going to lose something. That, that's not the goal. Equity is, equity is not pie, right? We all have access to it and no one will get less because someone gets more equity. And I think this idea of stoking fear is meant to um, keep a dominant narrative that shouldn't exist anymore. And so I don't think kids in high school walk around talking about critical race theory. I think kids in high school walk around saying, respect me and protect me in high school, right? They're not walking around talking about how the system is against them. What they see is their classmates who are not being told that that's an inappropriate word to use. What they see is teachers not recognizing their intellectual capacity simply because they may not speak fluent English or they may have come from an urban or a rural area. That's what they see. So they need to address what's really in front of them and not make this giant boogeyman out of critical race theory. And what do you want people to understand, Moena? That it's not just like a political thing. Racism starts when they're younger. So if they continue doing these racist things, it's gonna happen and it's gonna continue. So people know that if we don't, I don't know how to say this. <laughs> if we don't stop it now, then it's just gonna continue forever. And then politics, politics aside, 
it's still racism. Moena, I think a nice way to wrap this up would be for you to talk about what you and your classmates are working on now. What came out of that meeting with the school administrators? So now we're working on bringing diversity and racism education into um, our advisory classes and our character lessons. So we're going to start that at like the younger grades, starting like kindergarten and elementary school. And we're going to just teach them there that everybody's the same and there's no reason to like treat them differently because of their race, but still accept them because of their race. And in middle school, we're going to teach them that like these jokes aren't funny. You can't do all this stuff in school. And in high school, we're just going to teach them that or just reiterate that you're not being funny. It's just racism. And you're going to work with administrators on coming up with curriculum for that? Yes. So I had a meeting again with our principal and he's going to email all the other principals and then we're going to have a meeting with all the, as many schools who are willing to do it, but a lot of them I already know are going to because we had a talk about that. We're going to have a meeting with them and seeing when we can put them into the character lessons. I'm really appreciative of the fact that the students' concerns were not brushed off, that they really, actionable steps, addressing it seriously, thinking about how to, how to um, consciously embed this into the already existing programming is what I really appreciate that Beaver Creek is doing. Well, Moena, Rashonda, thanks again for chatting with me. Thank you. The Dayton Daily News requested records of school curriculums from 40 public school districts, two charter schools, and four private schools in Montgomery, Green, Warren, and Miami counties. 36 districts and schools responded. Beaver Creek administrators said their character education program teaches the character pillars of respect, citizenship, responsibility, fairness, trustworthiness, and caring. Like several other schools, Beaver Creek offers elective high school courses in contemporary history, some of which discuss current events related to race and racism. Here are some other key takeaways from the Dayton Daily News investigation of school curriculums. Many schools are instituting social-emotional learning, often covering concepts like respect, but not more specific concepts like racism. The vast majority of schools are not teaching critical race theory. Many local school districts already have a Board of Education policy on teaching controversial issues. This has been the Dayton Daily News, The Path Forward. I'm your host, Jordan Laird. Join me next time as we discuss the most pressing issues facing our region.